If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of Join Pat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Hey everybody, look at this. 600 episodes. Who would have believed it? Happy 600th. Happy 600th to you. Thank you, my love. Coming up on our sixth year anniversary in a few months. And uh, I I am just amazed Mm. that uh, we're still allowed to do this. (laughs) Nobody has shut this down yet. But it is entirely because of you freaks. We love you so much and we're so appreciative of your support. Because without you, there wouldn't be a box of oddities. Nope. There would just be us sitting in the dark telling each other weird shit. Which, by the way, we did for years prior to the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, In the previous episode, previously on the Box of Oddities, (laughs) uh, we said that we would celebrate the 600th episode by doing a little switcheroo. Yeah, so... For this very special blossom, I wrote JG's story and he wrote mine. And we have no idea what we're talking about. Right. So this ought to be really interesting, (laughs) especially uh, considering we just opened a couple of refreshing hoppy beverages. That's correct. It's the best way to get through this, I think. So neither of us have even proofread the other person's story. We have no idea. We don't know anything about it. I have to assume, though, that I'm going to be talking about aliens. Why would you assume that? Oh, my God, I am. That is so silly. (laughs) It's so funny that you would say that thing that you just said about Mm -hmm. aliens. Yeah. Well, you just have to wait and see. Could be Bigfoot. You don't know. Could be the clams. (laughs) We don't know, Claire. Okay. We've emailed each other the story, and would you like me to begin? Please. All right, I am opening the email. I have not read this before. It is uh, not something I've proofread, so I'll be probably mispronouncing everything. All right, the story that I have for you that Kat wrote. All right, enough. Okay, Um, here we go. So we've talked about Pito's paradox before. It's a super interesting concept in biology that refers to the observation that there's no correlation between the size of an animal and its risk 
for developing cancer. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd like to hear more about this. <laughs> the paradox was named for Sir Richard Pito, a British epidemiologist. Typically, one would expect larger animals to have a higher risk of cancer because they have more cells, mm. which, which does make sense, and therefore more opportunities for mutations to occur. However, this is not the case. For example, elephants are far much larger than humans, yet they have a lower incidence of cancer. Scientists believe that Pito's paradox can be explained by the presence of certain mechanisms in larger animals that help suppress the development of cancer. Aha. Uh -huh. I'm intrigued. I, I, I'm really loving your faux surprise I, reactions. These mechanisms may include enhanced DNA repair mechanisms, more efficient tumor suppression genes, or better immune surveillance. Wow. <laughs> A while back, scientists discovered something fascinating about elephants. They found out that the elephants have a whopping 20 copies of a gene which is responsible for making a protein that acts like a vigilant copy editor. This protein checks the genetic material in cells as they multiply and eliminates any damaged cells that could potentially turn into cancer. Huh. Yeah, this really is interesting. I know. <laughs> I thought you were going to make me say a bunch of weird shit. You just wait. Humans, in comparison, have only one copy of this gene. Elephants with their multiple copies can essentially go through several rounds of, quote, copy editing, greatly reducing the chances of a damaged cell surviving and causing trouble. So why did elephants evolve to have 20 copies of this gene? Well, I don't know. Why did they? In the case of elephants, specifically, their balls. Oh. Elephant testicles are located inside of their bodies as we know, often in mammals, testes will dangle outside the body. I know mine do. That's not always true, especially when we lived in Maine in the wintertime. <clears throat> A few other outliers are manatees, Cape Golden Moles, and Rock Hyraxes. I love them. Of course... Nuts being outside the body leave them insanely vulnerable. Uh, a study over the course of eight years found that in the States, a total of 8,030 patients had scrotal testicular injury, with 44.6% involved in blunt trauma. Why are oh. you doing this to me? Oh, that sounds awful. A penetrating mechanism occurred in 50.5% of the cases. Oh, and their scrotums? <laughs> With assault by a firearm, 75.8% being the most common. That's so, so okay. weird. So what you're saying is that damage to scrotums is most often caused by firearms? That's so weird. apparently what I'm saying. Most had isolated scrotal or testicular trauma, 74.5%, with 48.3% requiring Scrotal or testicular operation. Oh, yeah. Most commonly repair of laceration. Um, patients involved in a motorcycle collision had higher risk of scrotal testi testicular trauma. Oh, yeah. I can see how that would be yeah. really putting your balls at risk well, uh, riding a motorcycle. Yeah. Handlebars can be pointy. Sure. Yeah. 
But good news, 90% of ruptured testes are successfully repaired when treated surgically within 72 hours. But I've seemed to gotten off on a tangent. It's true, you really did there. I did. I veered into the ditch there. The agreed upon word on testicles is that sperm production requires a slightly lower temperature than the body's core temperature to ensure optimal sperm development. By keeping the soft danglies outside the body in a scrotum, mammals can regulate their temperature more effectively. Mm. When you consider that elephants generally live in places with typically high temperatures, And elephants have a naturally high body temperature because the massive size relative to their surface area, their thick skin, and a blood heat exchange mechanism restricted to blood flow uh, in their precious little ear flaps. I would never have said precious little ear flaps. Or in the case of African elephants, not so little ear flaps. Still precious though, huh? Yeah, still precious. I thought you might think so. Did you know that an African elephant's ears can be up to six feet, that's 1.82 meters long, and four feet, 1.21 meters wide? Wow! I'm shocked. I know, me too. Anyway... This unusual setup in elephants affects the production of healthy sperm since the testes are exposed to the same high body temperature. One theory suggests that having more of these copy-editing proteins helps protect the hot sperm from damage. Oh, because they're up inside near the kidneys. Got it. And who among us hasn't wanted to keep the hot sperm from being damaged? In the animal kingdom... Male gonads are internal in birds and reptiles and fish and amphibians. The whole concept of a scrotum is unique to mammals. It wasn't until marsupials came along that we first see the emergence of a scrotum. That's fascinating, sweetie. No, that's fascinating, sweetie. Oh, yeah. And here's a fun fact. In In male marsupials today, the scrotum is located above the penis, which is the opposite arrangement compared to scrotal mammals like us. Now let's dive into the significance of these TP53 genes. According to the study, the evolution of the multiple TP53 genes in elephants wasn't primarily about battling cancer. Instead, it seems these genes evolved to stabilize DNA in the... Is that how you say it? Spermatogonia. Listen, I don't know. You should do some research before you start doing this. (laughs) This ensures the production of strong and healthy sperms. Furthermore, scientists have discovered variations in the P53 protein structure in elephants compared to other animals. This unique variation could potentially contribute to the protein's increased efficiency in detecting and eliminating cancerous cells. Wow. This is like breakthrough stuff. By taking... (laughs) By taking a long, hard look at testicles, as I did today, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well as elephant genetic makeup, researchers hope to gain insights into novel strategies for cancer prevention and treatment in humans. The findings from these studies may provide valuable knowledge that could lead to advancements in our understanding of cancer biology and therapeutic approaches. Um, You know I've got a thing about... uh, tattered scrotums, um, the whole motorcycle segment of uh, the story that you wrote. Does it make you want to drive a motorcycle less, do you think, knowing that? Maybe a little bit, yeah. (laughs) This is all to get me to not get another motorcycle, isn't it? (laughs) 
I'm going to develop a special type of armor, like a cod piece, a motorcycle cod piece. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make a fortune off it. None of this is in your notes. Oh, I'm way past notes now. I think it's important that we note that you got your information today from the National (laughs) Library of Medicine, Uh Live Science, Biology.UK, Advances in Diagnoses and Management of Genital Injuries, Uh and the National Trauma Data Bank. Thank you, sweetie. That was really interesting. Glad glad you enjoyed it. I did. (laughs) This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer and now that thing in the middle it seems they really love their trees in australia 
In fact, recently, Melbourne gave some of its trees email addresses. Now, initially, the idea was that if you were out and you discovered a tree that had a problem, you could send a report to the government, alerting them of that. But instead, the trees receive love letters. It's our 600th episode, and uh, as we have been saying, you wrote my episode, I wrote yours. And uh, we had mentioned it in the previous episode. Derek, uh, who is one of our patrons, sent us a message and said, if it goes well or not, you should write each other's episodes for each other for every 100th episode. (laughs) Well, we'll see, Derek. On the last episode, I talked about non-human animals in politics, and Valerie commented, Boston Curtis, not the first time a politician was an ass. (laughs) Because he was a donkey. Because he was a donkey. Sandy sent a message. My husband is a trucker and has gone on the road a lot. My kids all grew up and I find myself at home alone a lot. Neither my dog or my cat carry on very interesting conversation. (laughs) Now I found you. Thank you for shocking me, making me laugh, teaching me about this great big world, and making me feel not alone. Aww. Aww. Welcome to the Freak family. She then goes on to talk about Don Decker, the rain man, and how that happened in her hometown. Oh my God. Which is crazy. It's a small world. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sandy. Curator at theboxofoddities.com. If you want to reach out to us, we love hearing from you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've been going through some of your things while you were listening in the other room, and I just have to ask, can I wear this? This is The Box of Oddities. All right, um, let me just take a sip of my refreshing hoppy beverage, and I'm very curious to hear what, uh, what, what story you've got for me today. Okay, all right. Hello, I'm Cat Walls. You probably know me as the co-host. <laughs> you probably know me as the co-host for the Webby Award-winning podcast, The Box of Oddities, a podcast with over 26 million downloads. I love talking about that. <laughs> oh, this was a terrible idea. You may not know that I have a passion for surprise visitors. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's right. Just pop on over unannounced. (laughs) And I might greet you with my collection of artisanal doorbells and fake dog I made from recycled plastic and bits of trash. Artisanal doorbells? Yeah. You're a creative person. 
and a collector at heart. I call the dog trashy. And the word moist, I love that word. It's like a linguistic hug for your eardrums, isn't it? But hey, that's enough about me before I start sounding like a dating profile gone rogue. Now, Jethro isn't just a co-host with the voice smoother than a dolphin's forehead. Uh He's also... (laughs) I love this. This is very nice. He's also a certified deity. His romantic prowess is so potent, even the Greek gods are taking notes. Wow, we really took different paths with this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a love god, apparently. Even the Greek gods are taking notes, or so it was written in ancient prophecy. Confession time. I am a believer in the extraterrestrial. Why, you ask? Did I have a close encounter of the third kind? Perhaps the subject of an abduction? I will tell you this much. There was this one time I woke up dazed in a cornfield wearing an ill-fitting jumper. Although it was the wrong size, the intricate stitch patterns and seamless construction coupled with its even tension and fine gauge was way beyond our understanding and could not possibly have been made on Earth. We couldn't duplicate it even now with today's Advanced Textile Manufacturing Technology. This is fascinating. Yeah. So you tell me, abduction chic or just a fashion faux pas? I think you know what ancient alien theorists would say. Any hoozle, with this in mind, I present the following story. Wow, that was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the best episodes you've ever written. The Dolores Barrios incident, a visitor from Venus in the annals of UFOlogy. Uh-huh. Wow. A UFO story. I'm shocked. And the word annals. Mm-hmm. Few cases have sparked as much intrigue and debate as the Dolores Barrios incident of 1954. It's a story that, for believers in extraterrestrial visitation, offers tantalizing evidence of contact with otherworldly beings. Dolores Barrios, according to claims, was no ordinary visitor. No, no. No. What was, what, what was different about her? She was, supposedly, a woman from Venus, a <laughs> mysterious visitor. Yeah. During the weekend of August 6th and 7th, 1954, a remarkable UFO convention was held at the summit of Mount Polymer, situated nearly 1,800 meters above sea level. Wow, that's high. Yep. This event was particularly notable for its unique setting and enthusiastic attendance. The intrigue deepened after the first day when attendees noticed an intriguing woman accompanied by two men, one of whom wore glasses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought I just thought you should have that tidbit that, yeah, that one of the men wore glasses. A bizarre little little piece of information yeah, there, but uh, yeah, it helps paint the picture. Yep. Were they like those wraparound sunglasses like Guy Fieri wears on the back of his head? Maybe. I I really and truly don't know. Well, you didn't research this very well, did you? The woman stood out with her blonde hair and fair complexion, yet her appearance was made more striking by her unusual dark black eyes. Additionally, she had a distinctive bone structure on her forehead and notable cranial development features that sparked curiosity and speculation among the audience. Why, that's curious. Mm. Dressed in clothing that seemed both elegant and out of place, her calm demeanor and the confident way she carried herself were in stark contrast with her 
unfamiliarity with the surroundings. This is fascinating, sweetie. Yeah. Dolores was said to have interacted with several people. These interactions are where much of what is known about her originated. I love the fact that um, somebody on Venus was named Dolores. Yeah, um, that is that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not so different after all. She spoke in a soft yet clear voice and displayed a level of knowledge about the world that seemed beyond what a typical visitor would possess. Some locals reported feeling an immediate sense of ease and fascination while talking to her, despite the oddity of the situation. She reportedly spoke of Venus not as a distant, inhospitable planet, but as a place with its own civilization. Yeah. Wow. Dolores is said to have displayed a deep understanding of various scientific and technological concepts that were advanced for the time. She talked about propulsion systems and energy sources that were not yet known or were in the nascent stages of development on Earth. Her descriptions hinted at a civilization that had far surpassed human achievements. While she was vague about the specific reasons for her visit... of course. I mean, you can't reveal too much. Right. Dolores implied that it was part of a broader mission of observation and peaceful exploration. She suggested that beings from Venus were interested in Earth and its inhabitants, observing human progress and challenges faced by humanity. I think it's really thoughtful of her to travel from Venus to this one particular UFO convention on a mountain. Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? It's not weird. I think it's just thoughtful. She decided to go there because people would appreciate her more. Dolores. That's my mom's name. Yeah. Spelled different, though. Probably because she's from Venus. Your mom's from Venus? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. In her interactions, Dolores often shared philosophical views that reflected a deep connection with the universe and its workings. She spoke of the interconnectedness of all life forms, regardless of their planetary origin, Mm -hmm. and emphasized the importance of living in harmony with the cosmos. I can get on board with all of that. In the midst of this 1954 UFO convention at Mount Polymer, the presence of these three mysterious individuals added a layer of intrigue which is a word that I have noticed that I've used like four times today. Yeah, what's today. wrong with that? It's weird. Joe Martins, a reporter for O Crusario, a leading South American magazine that the, even though I'm living in South America, I have not one, heard of. It's one of the biggest. Was in attendance and took a keen interest in these enigmatic figures. Martins, which interestingly looks a lot like Martians, <laughs> Sensing a uniqueness of the situation, approached the trio for an interview. He specifically noticed the striking woman whose appearance he thought resembled the figure in a painting by George Adamaski, a prominent UFOologist at the time. Yeah, he was an abductee in one of the uh, one of the uh, founders and uh, coordinators for this particular event. Oh wow, another mm. weird coincidence. It's so weird. Mm. When Martins asked to take their photographs, they declined, seemingly uncomfortable with the attention, which is weird for a group of people that claim they are from Venus. 
Well, you got to blend in. You can't you can't be too over the top when you're otherworldly. You have to be subtle in your otherworldliness. The next day, Martine seized an unexpected opportunity to photograph the woman as their meeting was concluding. He quickly managed to capture images of her two companions as well. This act of candid photography startled the trio, who promptly retreated into the nearby woods. Yeah. Adding to the enigma, some attendees later claimed to have seen a UFO departing from the area shortly after the trio's hasty exit. However, no photographic evidence of this alleged UFO sighting That's was captured. totally understandable. So I mean, weird. You would be stunned, mm. you know, to see them run into the forest right. like that. And then a UFO come out. I Just mean, shoots up. Yeah. The incident involving the beautiful woman and her two companions became a topic of intense discussion and debate. The lack of photographic evidence, or one might say evidence of any kind <laughs> to support any of this, <clears throat> contrasted with Martine's successful, albeit unauthorized photographs of the individuals, rude by the way, only added to the intrigue and mystery surrounding their appearance at the convention. Several of these aspects of Barrio's story lent it a veneer of credibility. Here we go. One, physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Witnesses described Barrio's as having a distinct, almost yeah. otherworldly appearance. It's like a bonehead. She had bones on her head. Yeah, she looked weird. Yeah. Therefore, she is probably from Venus. Of course. Two, knowledge of Earth. Barrios reportedly demonstrated an understanding of Earth and its cultures that seemed beyond what a normal outsider would possess. Right? How? She's from Venus. How is her how, knowing how stuff she, about Earth? She had to be. Evidence that she's not from here. <laughs> her name's Dolores. She's from Venus. <laughs> I get the feeling you're mocking this no. story. And Number three, technological insights. Some accounts suggest she offered insights into advanced technology, hinting at a civilization far beyond Earth's capabilities. Now, as with many UFO cases, the story of Dolores Barrios was met with skepticism. But those people are idiots. Exactly. Believers here, are... Here, my good woman. <laughs> believers argued that her detailed knowledge of earthly affairs and advanced technological concepts were not easily dismissible. One of the most challenging aspects of Barrios's claim was the environment of Venus itself. Known for its extreme temperatures and hostile atmosphere, Venus seemed an unlikely home for human-like life. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yet, some theorists propose that an advanced civilization could indeed have developed technology to overcome these challenges, as Dolores claimed, or that life on Venus might have evolved in ways incomprehensible to humans. Well, you, you just said in a recent episode, you know, we're not, we, we can't assume every life form on every planet is carbon based. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe they're asbestos based. Yeah, which would be how they could handle the temperatures the heat on Venus. And the pressure, yes. Right. Exactly. And the diamond rain. Right. <clears throat> the diamond market on Venus is in the shitter, by the way. Was that Venus? Diamond rain on Venus? Or was that Uranus? I would love it if. <laughs> nope. No. No. Did you know there were rings around Uranus? Jesus Christ. 
It's true. It's a scientific fact. For UFO enthusiasts and believers in extraterrestrial life, Dolores' visit remains a compelling piece of mm-hmm. evidence yeah, it is. in the larger story of UFO sightings and alien encounter claims. I can see that. It challenges us to consider the vast possibilities of the universe and our place within it, and to finally admit that aliens are real. <laughs> I'm glad you finally have come to your senses. And that's all I have for oh, today. Okay. All right. That sounds like uh, your sources might have been Medium Magazine, Univision, and Historic Mysteries. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm. Yeah. That's wow. That's fascinating, sweetie. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I thought so. A, a Venetian named Dolores. Huh. That's fascinating. Tell me more about how I'm a love god. I enjoyed that part the most. Yeah, more mm. than discussing testicular injuries. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've moved Blood way, force beyond, trauma way and beyond puncturing. that. Yeah, yeah, way beyond that. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Well, that was fun. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And by the way, the part about Cat uh, making a uh, fake dog out of recycled plastic bottles and bits of trash is true. She listen. We, we'll grief post, manifests in weird ways. It does. We we'll post pictures of it. I did make a dog named Trashy. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's made out of a giant water bottle and little smaller Coke bottles and um, like ears and googly eyes that. It, and she moves it around the apartment. Um, she put it next to my bed before I woke up, and uh, she said, "Sweetie," she nudged me, "Sweetie." Trashy needs to go out. <laughs> this is the life I live. Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. Should we do it the other way around? Do you think? Oh, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Go ahead. Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring well look no further and join me katie charlwood your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books as i delve into unsolved historical mysteries murders by gaslight and of course women who have been misrepresented through all time on who did what now the history podcast that's not your history class listen wherever you get your podcasts if you like this podcast can we recommend another one It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. 
Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.